spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Welcome to a new spin on autism. Answers with host and international speaker and performer, Lynette Louise. Besides working on her doctorate in psychophysiology, Lynette has raised eight children, six adopted, and four of them falling somewhere on the autism spectrum. Laugh with her, cry with her, as she talks to both experts and parents and takes you through the often confusing, sometimes frustrating, sometimes overwhelming, but always fascinating world of autism. Hello and welcome. This is a new spin on Autism Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, also known as the Brain Broad. And today is uh, the day after Thanksgiving. And I am going to admit that because it is, you know, part of the show. (laughs) You're supposed to, I think I've mentioned this before, but you're supposed to not mention holidays and things like that and the year. It's 2015 because it dates your show and then it makes it so that it's not evergreen. But really, I'm going to date the show anyway by the subject matter, so what the hey, we might as well own it right at the top. So today's question is, how do we become an accepting, embracing community? Because uh, we're not. The human race is not. The, <laughs> and each little divided down group within the human race, whether it's tribes or uh, diagnostic populations, whatever it is, we're not very accepting. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about that, and I'm actually not going to have a guest. I'm just going to roar through this because it's a day after Thanksgiving, and I'm feeling very thankful for all of you. I'm feeling very thankful for my life. I'm feeling very thankful for my children, and in fact, I feel thankful every single day, so I didn't need this day to do that. It's something that's happened to me in the last few years where I just am amazed to be alive and to be in my life, and to be looking at the sun, and to see the mountains, and to have seen fruition come to so many things that I started. I probably look out at the world and say, thank you for my life, at least five or six times a day. And it's spontaneous, and it's because it welled up within me as a result of something going on. This is not how I always was, at all. (laughs) <laughs> I, you know, I was suicidal, I had a challenged childhood, I, you know, I was always overwhelmed, I had a lot of learning and changing to do, but today, as I walk through my life, day upon day upon day, I feel grateful, I feel thankful, I feel amazed, and a lot of the reason for that is, I do not listen to the news, I unplugged myself and my family from you know news in the normal way that it's received. Of course, we have computers and that sort of thing now. It sort of caught up with us. But um, I unplugged us all in 1997. And since then, we've not used regular TV, and it has made a great deal of difference in the mental health of my entire family, and especially me, I can tell you for sure, for me. So there's a kind of happiness and lightness that happens because we're not inundated 
with the horrible reports around the world. In fact, during tax season, my son likes to have the radio on all the time. He likes constant noise. And so um, he'll have the radio on, and at tax season, I'll hear, the IRS can take your house and take your car and put you in jail. At least every few minutes, that comes out trying to scare you into your taxes. And I'll notice my anxiety start to come up, and I'm like, dude, there's not going to be radio till tax season's over. We'll use CDs. So the world you live in is really a part of the problem. And having the autism rate skyrocket to 1 in 45 in the U.S. does sort of beg the question, why does everyone want to live here? It's not so healthy. So what I'm going to say is there is a problem afoot, and we are a part of it, and we can unplug from it and make our homes healthy. And... I'm going to use something that happened as a result of this show to explain what I mean. But it it applies to much more than what I'm about to talk about. It applies sort of like a big broad brush over everything that the human race touches. We are a part of that race, and so as each and every one of us decides to unplug from the fight and just embrace, we change the story. Okay, so we had a show about RPM, which was, you know, rapid prompt method. Um, we had some guests on talking about how great it was that their, their children were able now to, you know, communicate through pointing on the letter board and all of that. And then I told the story of, I think, Carrie Fleischman, but maybe I, I always say that name wrong. I'm confusing like a sports hero and, and an autistic superstar. So um, anyways, I, I talked about facilitated communication. Now, when I went and posted this show, I, um, I also talked about that in the write-up. And what happened, and understand, this happens all the time to me. I'm just using this one as an example. What happened was all the RPM people were upset to be, to be sort of aligned with the facilitation people. And they wanted me to rewrite it and add it and do all this stuff. And I said, well, if I do that, I'm going to say why. Because that's fighting amongst us again. And by, by acting as if your method is the great method and um, the other one is crap, you're basically dumping on everyone who uses facilitation and you're discounting them as real and only counting yourself as real. And that's the problem in our communities. You may have heard the last few shows and the guys are talking about this. You know, they were actual you know, autistic people on the show. Um, one had autism and schizophrenia. The other one was dealing with autism and the desire to have himself killed. And so they're basically saying, both of them, and I experience it all the time, our community fights amongst itself, and it's overwhelming. And we do that everywhere, not just in, autis- in the autism population, but we can fix it here. If we fix it here, it dominoes out. We have to start somewhere. So we have to embrace each other. That doesn't mean we have to accept every therapy that comes along. I teach this a lot, and I actually learned it from the Option Institute. So I'm going to pass it to you. You must assess a thing in order to know if it's of value. But you don't have to judge it. So judgment, how do you 
differentiate between the two. Judgment is when you add a value to it of right or wrong, good or bad. Assessment is when you say, do I want or don't I want? Does this fit or does it not fit? Is this leading to the end result that I want? All right, so let's go back to what I was talking about so that I can make that clear for you. So um, in RPM, they someone holds up a stencil board and the person usually uses a, a pencil or a pointer and points to the different letters. And in facilitation, they try to use a letter board, but it's on a desk usually. And the arm is stabilized. And, so, and there's different names for this, by the way. The CP population came up with a new name so that it you know, wouldn't get the tainted brush of facilitated communication because a few generations back, or she, sorry, a few decades back, it was you know, all tainted by poor, bad reporting and, and people saying, it's a Ouija board. So here's what I want to tell you is that when, um, when the person with the, the RPM method is sitting there and saying, you know, this is real and that is not, we end up with fighting amongst. Now the person saying this is real went so far as to say, you know, in fact, my son told me, don't care about the words that come out of my mouth. Only care about the words that I point to. And so within the method itself, we start to create a division. A division in the child's talent and the child's communication instead of an inclusion. So if we find doing things in an inclusive way overwhelming because we can't figure out what's causing what, that doesn't mean we should give up and divide. It just means to keep learning and keep trying. By saying that the child's, the words coming out of the child's mouth don't count and only the ones pointed to count, you limit the amount of communication the child can use. You see. So I'm going to give you an example of that from my own recent Thanksgiving experience. So I, and I teach this all the time and I still make the mistake. So be, you know, be easy with yourself. Mistakes are prevalent. So here I am, I'm with my son, and, and you know, I'm like, what are you thankful for? And he says, Mom. Well, he says, Mom a lot. He likes me a lot. So I, I'm like, oh, what? And it's like a who's on first skit. You know, what are you thankful for? Mom, what, dear? No, I'm asking a question. What are you thankful for? Mom, what, dear? <laughs> Duh. He's answering my question, and I think he's shifting the subject or using a constantly repeated word and not meaning anything that I'm talking about. The poor darling gets so frustrated with this that he takes a pencil and he writes, and it's so hard to see, and it's so hard to, to, to read because it, he has so many gross motor and fine motor issues, but he wrote, why owe you? Now, here's my point. Because he could use many methods of communication, he was able to get out of this feedback loop that I had stuck him in, and he was able to clear up the dilemma. But if I believed it only counted when he wrote you, I wouldn't have learned my lesson. And my lesson was he was already answering me out his mouth, which is what we were hoping for all along, right, is talking. So 
he does talk. Uh, don't don't misinterpret that, but he talks like that. It's very limited, and it, it's you know hard to understand often. And so, by having many methods of communication, typing and writing and pointing and offering and speaking, he can get all things across. Why would I take any of these away from him? Right? At least intentionally. I did it unintentionally in that example. So, if we divide we separate out into something small. And as a, as a race, as a population, as a, as a therapy group, we lose. And I can give you examples of this in many places. <clears throat> Within our community, I'll say one more. Things you may not have thought of as related to politics or, or global love or the healthy growth of our minds, but in fact, it's part of why we have so much autism is this dividing, this fine-tuned focusing on the little details and erasing sort of the global quality of life. All right, so here's another example. Way back when the kids were little, I adopted all these kids. They're all special needs, and, and they, you know, autism, fetal alcohol syndrome, retardation, uh, you know, yada, yada, yada. The list goes on and on. And so there was, it was possible for me to apply to all these programs, especially in Canada, which is where I lived at the time. And so I got all these programs approved, and I had all this help, and they all came over. And it's Wednesday, and everybody shows up, and my house is clean, and I'm in my room reading a book, and there's a different helper with each of the kids. And I'm sitting there, and I'm going, well, this sucks. That's not why I adopted them. I don't want someone else doing it. So by Thursday, I fired everybody. (laughs) Or rather, I told them to go and serve some other person who wanted the help. And I just went ahead and dealt with the mess. And why that was such a brilliant choice isn't because I got more sleep, trust me, but because we lived as a unit. We lived on the buddy system. We lived, we lived integrated. We didn't live separated out into little modules and then be exhausted every time we came back together because we didn't know how to come back together. What I'm describing is what is happening in the world today. So when we get rates like 1 in 45, it's saying something's wrong with what's going on in the world today. And we can screen vaccines. I've seen that evidence. And I, I agree that they cause a increase. Um, I agree that toxins do. I agree that food does. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. It's like a chemical soup. But the piece that keeps getting missed is, I also think, and maybe more, and more largely so, that it's the way we separate and fight amongst. And we do it everywhere. And genetically, we're turning on different genes and creating different people. People that separate from us because we're turning on separation genes might be fun for you to um, take a minute to watch some of the YouTube that Bruce Lipton puts on about turning your genes on and off. It's, it's pretty interesting stuff. Other people talk about it too, but he's kind of entertaining, so you might enjoy that one. So my, that was my son just a second. Yes, sir? Oh, he says I'm saying it nicely. I'm getting a good message across. So what I'm trying to tell you is this is about inclusion. 
And you have to understand the story of autism, the history of it, how it's affected the world, how it's been misinterpreted and how it's continuing to be misinterpreted. You have to understand how the politics affect you, how the services affect you, if you really want to make a difference in your family and in the families around you and in the neighborhood around you and in the country around you and in the global community. I'm going to offer up my book. Please, anybody who wants it, free for as many people who write to me um, until Christmas of 2015 or Hanukkah of 2015. Um, Okay, let's make it December 30th and get rid of the holiday slant. So, um, all right, Miracles Are Made, A Real-Life Guide to Autism. It's a broad-based book. It tells you sort of how it was before, how it is now, how the, the doctors thought and changed their thinking, and it takes you through some of my challenges. Um, it's time for me to do a rewrite anyway. So come on, people, claim it, and I'll send it out. It's free. I'll even cover the shipping, all right? All you have to do is put in the subject line, I believe in inclusion. Inclusion and it goes everywhere. So when a country's hurting, we should help them, not hurt them. That's what I have to say about that. I'm Lynette Louise. This is a new spin on Autism Answers. The question is, how do you change the numbers of people that have autism? You start by opening your arms everywhere. Thanks for listening to me because without you... I'd be talking to myself. Thank you for joining the show today. Lynette is the author of the refreshingly honest and at times hilarious new book, Miracles Are Made, A Real-Life Guide to Autism. You can purchase this and other materials by looking on the webtalkradio.net website and clicking on the covers. You can also click through to her Facebook page and check out any show you may have missed by looking in the archives. We'll see you soon for another edition of A New Spin on Autism. Answers. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself Spinning in circles and talking to myself I can't hear